Hey, Lindsay. Sup? Have you heard that uh, since we've been in lockdown here in Kansas, the pteranodons have returned to sail over the ocean floor? No. Naughty Nature takes an unfiltered look at the R-rated side of nature. <laughs> what? So this podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Cue music. Well, hello, I'm Rachel, and I like birds. I'm Lindsay, and I like fungus. Okay, good. Am I a lady? Or, or am, am I a rat? Am I a rat? <laughs> if I'm a rat, I'm a lady-like rat. <laughs> Man, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. It's been a weird week. Mm-hmm. It's been a weird three weeks, to be honest. Anyway, um, it's Lindsay's week. <laughs> Air horn noises. Pew, 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 pew. But before we go any further, we do need to let you know that this podcast is rated R for language and sexuality, but not in this episode. What? Yeah. Drugs? Nope. Violence. Violence. Okay, so our concept for Night Nature is that we get talk about hey can you mute your phone what the hell man i will i'm sorry anyway we get to talk about all the things in nature that are like too inappropriate to talk about with kids and uh sometimes violence is a part of that although honestly Lindsay, i try to be incredibly frank with children when it comes to violence in nature especially i do too yeah like we have a lot of cute animals that are real fucking violent oh yeah we totally do i I think this is better because, or more adult geared, okay. this topic, because it's a little difficult to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even like a joke. It was just, I was being But it could be. Okay. Does it involve penises? No, it doesn't. Damn it. Okay. That would well, be sexual. Yeah, that would be sexual. Okay. But maybe not reproductive. Yeah. At any rate, what are we talking about today, Lindsay? This is a tale of loyalty and betrayal. (laughs) This is poetic. I'm so here for it. Okay. I hope it's good. Okay. I need to ask you first, what is a fig? (gasps) Oh, we're talking about figs today. A fig is a fruit. It's like the best fruit ever. I had it my first time ever at K-State during a botany class when they were like, (laughs) let's talk about all these different kinds of fruits. Why are you wearing a work shirt? Nobody's seeing us. I have to be on camera at six. Oh, passport to nature. Yes. Gotcha. Anyway, um, we are recording this on Easter. Hello. We are. Hey. <laughs> For some reason, we decided it was a good idea to start an event on Easter. And we're having an Easter cocktail. Yeah, that's right. Cachaça, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with us. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. So when you ate this fruit... Can you describe what it tastes like? Because I've never eaten one. I've only had a fig newton and I hated it. Yeah. Well, fig newtons are not – that's not fair because it's not just a fig. It's like fig – it's fig-ish, but it's not It's not a fig. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, will say – what were you going to describe? No, it I was just going to say it was just like a gross fig paste that looks like poop. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I will tell you that after I tried a fig for the first time, I – have enjoyed fig newtons more because i could taste the fig oh does that make sense yeah yeah i don't know i just remember thinking that this fruit looked like something we shouldn't stick the entire thing in our mouth and eat Mm. but Mm -hmm. we did and i remember it being like i i can't it how do you describe flavors like how do you describe a strawberry you can't but i will tell you that it was so good um that when other people refused to eat it because they were cowards I oh. finished off the rest of them <laughs> because I really loved them. <laughs> I've um, I've heard figs as being described as very floral in flavor. Maybe. And like mildly sweet, not overpoweringly sweet. Yeah, yeah. I could be getting totally mixed up in my head, but I also feel like it was a bit more of like a molasses-y flavor. Like oh. it was more on the like dark side than the bright side. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I could just be totally mixing it up because it's, it's been a minute since I've had a fig. I've looked actively for figs at the grocery store mm-hmm. ever since that day. Yeah. 
and I have not found one. I've never seen one in, in the store before. Yeah, it's a travesty. We should look at one of the Asian markets. Oh, <gasps> that's a great idea. Holy crap. Why have we never done that? I don't know. They're all still open right now, though, because they're an uh-huh. essential business. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Holy shit. Let's go okay. do that. Okay. After this, we'll go look. No, because we have to do passport to nature. Okay. Like tomorrow, maybe. Sometime. We'll Tomorrow's go look Monday. for figs. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it on Monday. Okay. So, a fig is not actually a fruit. What? Yep. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah. It's not actually a fruit. Is that why it looks like it? you shouldn't eat it? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's, um... It's actually like an inverted flower. That's a fruit. It's like a strawberry. Yeah, it's kind of like a strawberry. Yeah, but it's not a true fruit because um, the fig itself has the blossoms inside of its pod. (gasps) Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a reverse strawberry. Yeah, kind of like a reverse strawberry. Okay, so for people listening, Lindsay, explain what a strawberry does. Strawberry has seeds on the outside. And those are the fruits. Yes. And the the red part, the strawberry fruit, quote unquote, is the receptacle? Is that the name of the yeah. bot- botanical term? I think so. Okay. It's like the fleshy nutrient part. Yeah. It's like, it's like picture a flower. Like, for example, a sunflower. Now imagine that the green part that's underneath the sunflower that like supports the cup turned into a strawberry. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what it's like. Yeah. It's a little difficult to understand, but... But it's like the same thing with figs, mm-hmm. except the seeds are on the inside instead of the outside. Yeah, the blooms are inside of it. So the flowers, the fruits, are on the inside. Everything's inside. None of it's outside. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's an inverted flower in this casing, and um, I think it's called a... Siconium? I have it written down here. Oh, is this a botanical term or like a It's species? a botanical term. Okay, yeah. Ow, fuck my arm. Yeah, it's called a siconium. What is the siconium? The siconium is the pod with the flowers inside of it. The reverse strawberry. Yes. Okay. All right. So, um, as most of you know, flowers need to be pollinated, right? So they can reproduce. Usually. Usually. Wait, all flowers need to be pollinated? Yeah. Most of the time. Just not always by insects. Yeah. Some of them are bird pollinated. Some of them are self-pollinated. Wind pollinated. Wind pollinated. Water pollinated. All kinds of shit. So um, most flowers need to be pollinated so they can reproduce. But since the fig's flowers are hidden inside of this siconium, that means that the pollinator needs to crawl inside of it and bring pollen directly into the center of it. Kinky. Fertilize those flowers. Beautiful. Very kinky. Okay. Okay. So it's like internal fertilization. Yeah, for a, well, for a plant. But not really. Oh, because it has to crawl through like it has a hole to go and in. get yeah. in there. Got it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And am I allowed to like spoil? Like I know because yeah, we absolutely. talked about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a wasp that yes. does this. And it's yes. a very specific wasp. Yeah, yeah. So there species? are, I think, about 900 different kinds of figs. And each of those 900 different figs has one species of wasp that can pollinate it. Okay. Yeah. For the sake of clarity, when you say kinds, you mean species. Species. Yep. Not like families or gen- nope. genera. Species. Okay. Yes. Wow. And that number, I've seen a couple of different numbers, but it tends to hover around about 900. I've seen as high as 1,200 different species and as few as 700, but 900 seems to be about as many as scientists typically agree on. Dude, that's insane. Yeah, it's a lot. How many figs are the ones that we eat and cultivate? Um, not very many, maybe like three species. And those are ones that don't necessarily need those wasp pollinators because Egyptians a long time ago like chose this fig tree. And I'll okay. talk more about this later. They picked oh, this sorry. fig tree and they were like, shit's delicious, let's eat it. But <laughs> the wasp that it needed to pollinate it, like went extinct or it just wasn't there in that area so the egyptians had to figure out a way to pollinate it or trick that tree into thinking that it was pollinated so they would just like hack these things open and the tree would think that those that its seeds were like pollinated even though they really weren't and it would develop into a fruit by hacking it open yeah i I don't understand i don't either that's what i read though okay okay that's all i know on it did they use the phrase hack it open yeah no. Ooh, no, no, no. They said oh. they, they, they gash it with a knife. <laughs> they put a gash in the fruit. That's cute. And that's okay. it. They like slit its throat. Yeah, basically. And this is, this is violent. Yeah. When we originally talked about figs, it was sexy. Yeah. 
the, I'm plants so are sexy excited. too. Yeah, but this is this is a little this is a little out there. Okay, so the wasps that we're talking about are small enough to fit through the eye of a needle. Like they're real tiny. Okay. Okay. Very very small. Um, humans actually started domesticating these fig species like eleven thousand years ago. Eleven thousand thousand years years ago. ago? Yeah. Golly. Long 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 fucking time. Okay. Okay. That's when we. That's when. Fig species started getting like domesticated. Okay. 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 Um, so we have to cover how these fig trees work. And there are two different, two big different ways. Okay. About half of all the fig species, so 450 fig species or so, are monoecious. Mm. Meaning that each tree only produce or each tree produces both male and female flowers. So individuals produce one sex of a flower. Yes. Okay. So, and male and female flowers are both inside of that fruit. Yeah. Okay. Man, it's been a while since I've heard that term. Like, I thought mm-hmm. you were mispronouncing it, but that's how you, that's say, how you say it. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly, I was like, monoecious. That's not right. And no. So I was like, Google, what's it say? And they're like, monoecious. I was like, I, I. Okay. So then on the other side of that, there's dioecious. Yes. Okay. Which means that two kinds of figs are on separate plants. All right. Like a cottonwood tree. Yes. But without figs. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like a cottonwood tree. So one, the one tree is called a gall fig, which has both male and female flowers. Inside the fig. Yes. Inside, on the tree. Uh, in the fig. The fig itself. Yes. Because the fig itself are inverted flowers. Right. Okay. And then the other one are only female flowers on this other tree over here. Why? I don't know. They're the same species? Yeah, same species, only female flowers on this tree. Same species over here are male and female flowers. How how do they do is there a mechanism? So this is probably getting like deep in than further than you wanted to go, You're but good. do the dioecious flowers have some mechanism to stop their own pollen from like pollinating their female flowers inside the same fig? Like in timing? A, in a way. Okay. In a way. I'll I'll cover that in oh, like okay. it, it's a timing thing. Okay, okay. To get to put your mind at rest. Okay. Just questioning why that would be useful when you already had male flowers and female flowers together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So we're gonna cover monoecious species first because that's the simplest way, and then the dioecious ones are where we're getting to the real assholes. Okay. Okay. So monoecious, 450 species. They have the female flowers are the ones that mature first. Okay. Signaling once they're mature, they signal that uh, syconium, which is just the an unripe fig fruit. Okay, okay, um, to release this wonderful fragrant smell, mm. attracting the pregnant female wasps to it. Mm. Okay, enticed by this odor, the female wasps um, enter the syconium through a tiny opening at the bottom center of that fig fruit, like a little butthole. Okay, or a meadowlark nest. Yes. Would you explain that? It's a dome and there's just a door on the side. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. But <laughs> the great part about this is that this hole, or this little butthole in this fruit is called an osteal. And it's the perfect size for its perfect pollinating wasp. And no other wasp can get in it. Why is it named after bones? I don't know. Okay. Because it's a hole and a hole would be porous. No, that's that's a different right. term. That's like a furrow, like a what's what's osteo know. means bone, not, yeah, not hole. I don't know why it's called an osteo. fenestration is the word for a bone hole. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's just what it's called. Okay, I have a question. Yeah, just like as a just help me understand what's happening here. You said that the real assholes are dioecious. Are yes. we talking about the plants or the insects? The plants. The plant is the asshole. <laughs> Not literally, but also literally. But also literally. Okay. It's just, it's a dick. You like, said it was an asshole. It's an asshole to the wasps that are pollinating it. And I'll, t- I'll cover that in a second. I promise. We're going over monoecious ones first. I'm losing track of the figurative stuff because we are also talking about plant sex. Okay. I'll cut down the figurative It's an stuff. asshole literally and figuratively and a dick figuratively. Oh my god, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to say that the tree is not nice to the wasps. It's a jerk. Yes, it's a jerk. A jerk off. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, we've had some kashasa. Just a little. Clink. Okay, back to the osteal. Fits of a little wasp inside of there, okay? <laughs> Jeez. 
it fits the little wasp inside of there yes! or the wasp fits the inside wasp of there? Fits inside of it. You make it sound like it's just taking the, the wasp and inserting it like it's a diva cup. Oh, God, no. <laughs> the wasp can get in there. Okay. The wasp finds the hole and crawls in. <laughs> okay. This is very sexual. Yes. Now, the female is covered in pollen. Wasp? The female wasp okay. is covered in pollen as she enters this unripe fruit. Okay. Because of the male flowers. Yes, because that scent attracted it to that fruit. Well, yeah, but like I'm just saying. The she- female <laughs> flowers are the ones that are ripe first. But they're covered in pollen. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the female flowers. You said the female wasp. Yes, the female wasp <laughs> then enters the fruit that has the female flowers inside of it. Okay, and she's covered in pollen. All right. The female wasp or the flowers? The female wasp is covered in pollen. Because she already visited one with pollen. Because she came out of one. Let me get to the <laughs> dance cycle, Rachel. I'm so sorry. I'm just okay. confused. I'll shut up for 10 seconds. Just minutes. let me get okay. through it. Okay. All right. So as she enters this hole into the fruit, she crawls up this little fruit's asshole. Her wings and her antenna get ripped off. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Wow. Which is fine because she won't be needing them anymore because she dies inside of there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, she lays a good amount of eggs, sometimes a few hundred. I literally spent like two hours trying to find the exact number of eggs these wasps can lay, and I couldn't fucking find it. That's like, a lot of time. Anywhere. I know. It was insane. But I went down all these awesome rabbit holes, and I have some tidbits down the, in a little bit that I'll go over oh with God, you. I can't wait. It, they're awesome. Okay. So inside the female flowers, um, the flowers get fertilized by the pollen that the female wasp brought in with her. Okay. Okay. Um, then once she's done, she usually dies in there. But before she croaks, she gives her babies one last gift. And she injects all the flowers. that. So she lays her eggs inside of these flowers. And she injects these flowers with a chemical that turns them into a gall. Oh, my god! Yeah. So this gall cool. is a cute little protective case that keeps her little wasp larva, sa- lar- wasp larva safe while the fig develops into a fruit. Yeah, and for anybody listening who's trying to imagine this, wasp larvae are basically maggots. Yeah, they're like little worms. Little worms. Little Little grubs that live inside of the fig. Yes, and they're tiny, tiny little bastards. Well, because the the wasp itself, the adult wasp, is fucking tiny. Yes, they're so small. Fits through a needle. The eye of a needle. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, really tiny. So after she lays all of her eggs, or once she starts laying them, she has 24 hours, and then she dies. And her body remains inside that fig. So... Pretty much every fig that's fertilized in the wild and not necessarily the domesticated ones because we have figured out a way to... <gasps> Spoilers! Self-pollinate and they don't need the wasps. No! Yeah. But all the no! wild figs... <laughs> oh, that makes me so sad, Lindsay. Most of the ones that you find in major supermarkets, like like a Dylan's, are domestic figs and they probably don't have a dead wasp inside of them but all the wild figs do and the ones that you can get like say if you're traveling to like brazil or wherever or australia even where do figs grow neotropical areas across the globe in different continents Mm -hmm. okay just in really really warm climates i see okay that's so sad. I, know. I I um found fig jelly or jam at the spice merchant here in Wichita mm. and I've been buying it a lot and like that's my favorite like little party fact to tell people is that like hey this this uh fig jam that I brought it's got dead wasps in it but you're telling me that I'm a liar. It, you're not a liar. I am. But but because some of them might have those bodies in there. Oh. Some of them might. It depends on what figs they use to make your jam or your jelly or whatever it was. It depends. How do I know? You have to look at where they got the figs. Do they tell you? I don't know. I haven't looked at the jar. <laughs> Look at your jar. I will. Okay. All right. So after she lays her eggs, the female dies in there. I know a lot of people are like, so am I just eating a dead wasp or whatever? Yes. Kind of. But you're not going to like crunch on her exoskeleton or anything. Her body gets broken down by proteins. So the chemical makeup that was her body is floating around in that fig, just not the crunchy bits. Okay. So it's kind of like how we're all made of dead stars. Yes. A fig is made of dead wasps in the same way that we're made of dead stars. Yes, exactly. Have you finished his dark materials yet? No. I was going to make a reference to something in that. that I have like, I'm, in, I'm at like chapter five in the last book. God damn. Okay. Well, keep going because I want to make a reference, but I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> okay. But it involves Adams finding Adams and meeting each other. <gasps> yeah, I haven't gotten that far. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. So after she lays her eggs and the female dies, right? The males actually hatch first. The male wasps hatch first. And they're blind and they're wingless. They have two purposes in life. 
Um, the first one is that they travel around inside of that just beginning to ripen fig. All right. They find a female, which is their sister. Oh, I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> poke a hole. They poke her with their thingy or their little penis. Is it a it, penis? I don't, I don't know. That's why I called it a thingy because I don't know if it's actually a penis. Because stingers are typically ovipositors, which is a female reproductive tract. Yes, that's the female one. But this is the male impregnating a female while she's still developing. Adiagus? That's what it was called in a bed bug. Maybe. I'm not sure. It didn't tell me what the appendage was called, but I bet we could look it up. Um, are you Googling it? Adiagus. But I don't know if that's bed bug specific or not. Neither do I. It is the reproductive organ of male insects generally. It is attached to the abdomen and used to deliver sperm into the female insect during reproduction. So I would say it I'd says say damselflies it. have it, so it's an insect penis. Yeah, I would say it's safe to call it an adiagus then. Fun. Oh, that's such okay. a fun word. It is. I like saying it. Say it. Okay, adiagus. Mm. He pokes her with his adiagus, mm. impregnates his sister before she's even hatched. Um, what? Yeah. So she's still developing. In the egg. In the egg. So he impregnates his embryonic sister. Yeah. Fuck. Isn't that crazy? Kinky. Yeah. So once <laughs> he's done drilling his sister, <laughs> he has to drill a hole out of, out of the fig. Oh. Yeah. Um, so he like drills this hole or he like digs his way out from the very center of this fig so that the female can crawl out of it. Sick. Yes. And then the male dies. So... The male <gasps> impregnates her, drills a hole, and then dies all before the females are even born. Oh, and then that exit hole that he made mm-hmm. is how they escape. Exactly. And get covered in pollen. Yes. It's all coming together. Yes. Okay. 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 So then the females hatch. Um, they move around and they're trying to search for these holes that these males left for them. <gasps> get covered in all this pollen. And then they... at that point, the male flowers have bloomed. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, and then... And it's all timed out, like... To the T. It's like perfect for each different species. It's amazing. Um, So she can like crawl out of this hole and then um, like fly around and find a new fig. Okay. Now I have a note here that says when the females finally do hatch and leave the flowers all pregnant and stuff, the fig (laughs) was just starting to produce that pollen. So the females, yeah, I already mentioned this. So when they start searching for that escape route, they get covered in all this pollen. Perfect. Yes, which is Easy peasy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they leave the fig that they were born in, all pregnant and stuff, and they fly around and search for another fig siconium, which is an unripe fig. The strawberry. That's yes. not ready yet. Yes, exactly. Right. And then they start the whole cycle all over again. And for some reason, I put scrotum in parentheses behind siconium because I think when I was like reading articles about this, every time I read siconium, I just read scrotum. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, now that's going to happen to me every time I encounter that word. How do you spell it with a C? Yeah, it's S-Y-C-O-N-I-U-M. Siconium. Oh, that's not how I was picturing it. Okay, cool. All right. So finally, Uh those fig seeds are mature and they're ready to be passed through the digestive system of an animal, shit out somewhere else in the forest, and then grow into a new fig machine. Fig machine. Fig machine. Love it. Okay. Okay. Now that's the Manetius Fig trees. Okay. Those are the ones that have both male and female flowers. Correct. Okay. Now let's talk about the real jerks. Mm. Dioecious ones. Mm. Okay. And I don't think we've talked about these ever. Nope. Not with me anyway. Not really. Nope. Okay. I'm so excited. Please proceed. All right. So the big difference between clink, clink, manetius and dioecious fig trees are the flower stalks. Of the male and female flowers. Okay. The dioecious ones have shorter stalks. Okay. That's really all you need to know. On the, in the inside the fig. Inside the fig. Yeah. Okay. Everything's still happening inside that unripe fig. Right. Okay. And um, remember when I mentioned dioecious, there's a fig gall or yeah. the gall figs where they have male and female flowers mm-hmm. inside the fig. And then the other one over here only has female flowers inside the fig. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why they're dioecious. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So these fib fib <laughs> fig wasps have evolved along with these trees. Okay. And there's morphological data that shows that wasp pollinating manetius figs have really really long ovipositors because they have longer stalks on their flowers. 
Oh, so they're really specialized. Really, really specialized. Like one species of fig wasp can pollinate one species of fig tree. Oh, man. That it's, seems like a recipe for disaster. Oh, it is. It is. It's absolutely a disaster. <laughs> it's like too specialized. It's it's intense. Like it, they're so reliant on each other that literally one can't live without the other. Oh, no. So if something goes bad, it's bad for both species. But luckily, um, the species are different enough like next to each other that if one takes out one species, the other ones should be okay. Does that make sense? No. So like – you have one species of fig tree. Yes. And one species of fig wasp. Correct. And you have one, another, a different kind of fig tree and a different kind of fig wasp. Right. If these guys get sick and they die, these guys will still be okay. Oh, oh, okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I was going to say, like, I think if they're neighbors, if something kills this one fig tree, that's not going to stop the other one from getting killed. But I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Just different species. The extinction of their, like, reliance partner does not mean the extension, extinction of their other similar species. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Got it. Now, um... This morphological data also shows that these the fig wasps that pollinate the dioecious ones have really short ovipositors. So again, they're just hella specialized. Okay. Now, the nature of these dioecious fig trees creates a really, really intense evolutionary conflict. And based on all the science, the fi- the fig wasps are losing against the trees. Against the trees, because the trees trick the wasps. Those motherfuckers. Assholes. And the wasps don't get shit out of it. What What do you mean? They raise their babies. No. Oh, fuck. Okay. 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 Please explain. Okay. So the wasps can only nest, or the wasps still nest in the dioecious trees, but their young can only develop in male flowers. Okay. Because the male flowers are really short. Female flowers are really long. Oh, so, so their specialized ovipositor means they can only insert it into the male. Yes, exactly. Oh, wait, um, not ovipositor. Yes, ovipositor. Yeah, the ovipositor. Not the ADAs. No, no, no. The okay. ovipositor can't reach inside the female flowers to lay the eggs because the flowers are too big. <gasps> can the males reach into the females' flowers to penetrate them with their ADAs when they're embryonic? What? Never mind. Keep going. I'm getting confused. Okay. Just hang on. Okay. Um, it just occurred to me that they're all hatching in the same flower. So. Yeah. All okay. you need to know <laughs> is that in dioecious ones, the fig wasps can only lay their eggs in male flowers, not any of the female flowers. Oh, I see where this is going now. Okay. That's all you need to know. Okay. So despite that fact, there are still a lot of documentation showing that the female wasps enter the female flowers anyway. Because those motherfucking flowers trick them with their like aloe pheromones yes or they're dicks Alamones. exactly yeah 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 so from the wasp point of view it's a huge waste of time and energy um to even enter the female ones the female only like, yeah they figs, can't use those because it's a waste of time because when they enter the fig their wings and their antenna get ripped off oh so fuck. yeah when they enter the fucking fig they die and it's a huge waste oh shit i forgot about the fact that it rips off their fucking antenna yes oh my god that's horrible yeah <laughs> oh Lindsay, you know what i just realized <laughs> That means that those guys do have a dead wasp in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <they're laughs> I don't know. It was like it's a full the, body shiver that kashasha. affected my tongue. It is the kashasa. Clink. You better sip that now. Hey, don't put that down. What the hell? I drink that up. Oh, shit. Okay. All right, so the females still enter those female flowers anyway. And it's a huge fucking waste because they just die and they don't get to lay their eggs in there because they can't reach into the flower God, deep enough because their ovipositors aren't long enough. All right. Shit. So at first, scientists thought that these females were doing it because the male flowers weren't yet receptive, leaving them no other option than to try and lay their eggs in the female flowers, which mm. turned out to be false. So it's not true. Oh, fuck. Um, in 2016, a researcher by the name of Rene Borges at the Indian Institute of Science in India discovered that the wasps still enter the female flowers even when the male flowers are receptive. So that's confirming that they oh. actually do that. And that's because the female flowers fucking mimic the scent of the male flowers <gasps> to trick those pregnant wasps into entering them rather than the male flowers. Oh my god! Yeah, sneaky little bastards. Assholes. Yeah, and that's so those female flowers over here on this other tree that only has female flowers tricks those female wasps into going over there because they know they're covered <gasps> in fucking pollen. Kill the female wasps, and the fig gets pollinated, and then it can produce seeds and grow into fruit. Oh shit! That seems like a really bad strategy. You would think, but remember, they're all inbred. 
Oh, uh, wait. How does that make any sense at all? I have a sh- the figs sh- or the trees. The, wait, the, the trees wasps. or the wasps? Okay, the wasp bar. I have a schnippet about it. Give me a, a second. Schnippet. Schnippet. Okay. Find your schnippet. Okay, so um, da, 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 da. so why I I wrote this out because it was so fucking fascinating. It says, so why in the fuck are the wasps still doing it if it's harmful to them? You'd yeah. think they would know or learn to fight back against this trickery, right? Or evolve a defense against it. You would fucking think. But um, Borges thinks that it all comes down to those genetics. Because remember, those wasps were inbred because the males jab their sisters with their adiagus, yeah. impregnating them with the same genes that they have. Um, even if some of those lineages die out, so say that a female wasp get, comes over here and doesn't succeed in laying her eggs because mm. she's in the wrong fig, yeah, her sisters and her cousins still carry on her genes, even though she cre- she like went through reproductive suicide. Mm. That gene to be attracted to those tricky little bitches over there mm-hmm. is still there, right? Because it lives on through her siblings because exactly. they're so fucking inbred. Yep, exactly. This is insane that it's like a sustainable yeah. system. Yeah. And because of that, there's really no like evolutionary pressure for those wasps to avoid the trickery in the first place because the they're still continue. successful. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the wasps are successful. The figs get to move on yeah. and live their lives and be figs and be bastards. But like, wow. Yeah, exactly. Holy shit. It's fucking crazy. Okay. Those are the two big ways. You're shaking the table, man. I apologize. Okay. I'm excited. You might, I, I'm just hoping that it's not making noises on our recording. Okay. The two big ways that the fig trees reproduce, Manetius, Dioecious. Right. Okay. We went over both of those. Now, this mutualistic relationship between the fig trees and the fig wasps, and there's, I've seen a lot of weird numbers over my research over the last few days, mm-hmm. where some scientists say that this relationship has existed for over 60 million years. Some say it's existed for over 80 million years. Holy and there's shit. And re- there's some research out there suggesting over 90 million years that this relationship has been mutualistic. Are there fossilized fig wasps? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's, that's my next so thing. cool. I know. I love this shit. Okay. 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 So they've literally – I'm going to read this okay. sentence I wrote. It says, both have evolved to fit perfectly together. For example, other than the fig butthole <laughs> are the figs ovipositor lengths. Okay? Yeah. They're perfect for each other for Not each species. Not the figs species. overpositor lengths, the wasps overpositor That's what I meant. Lengths. I just okay. left the word wasp out by accident. Okay. So. <laughs> the figs don't have overpositors, the wasps do. Yeah. Um, in the 1920s, the world's oldest known example of a fig wasp was found, and it dated back 34 million years. Damn. It was a fossil of oh, a fig wasp. My God. But until 2010, they thought it was an ant, and they didn't know it was a fig wasp. Until they noticed fucking pollen from fig trees in the little pollen pockets on the wasp. What? Confirming that this fossil was in fact a fig wasp. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, that's so cool. I know. It's insane. And not only that, but the one that was encased in this amber, this fossilized one. It was an amber? It was an amber. Oh, even better. I was going to say, like, this sounds like the electron microscope studies that have found, like, bacteria and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is... No, it's an amber. Amber. Like, you can see it. (gasps) That's cool. Yeah. Um, Shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay. So, they looked at this fig wasp that was encased in this amber in, like, perfect condition, Mm. and it looks almost identical to the ones that are in the world right now. Damn. Identical to God, it. that's crazy. I know. It's insane. So it's, I guess, it's t- telling us that these wasps have not changed in millions of years, and neither has their relationship with the fig trees. Millions of years. I mean, I guess in this case, it really makes sense, like, compared to something like a crocodile, where it's like, I guess you're really good at doing what you do, but, like, these guys, if they changed a little bit, it would completely ruin their way of living. Yeah, exactly. And if so, they changed a tiny bit, the whole thing would get thrown yeah, into chaos. Either the figs or the wasps. Does that mean, holy shit, have, so that means, obviously, that figs, unless, I don't really, okay, sorry, my brain just, like, exploded <laughs> I did, I in saw 16 it. directions. Okay, but, like, um, I'm not familiar with, uh, tropical or neotropical uh prehistoric history but it seems like that means 
they survived different climactic events with these systems intact. Yeah, yeah, okay, they did. They, so they probably survived the first, like, major, not not the first, the most recent um, major extinction event. The Holy one that took out the dinosaurs. shit. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Goosebumps. Okay. What else is crazy about this? And I just thought that was really interesting. I read, a whole, uh, like, a whole article about how figs themselves have completely shaped human history. So I have a couple of fun little facts about this. Is this sounding kind of like Michael Pollan, the om- not the Omnivore's Dilemma, what's the other one? Botany of Desire. Oh. Have you read that? No. I have it. I'll let you borrow it. Okay. It's like about how diff- like human humans have shaped the evolution of different plants to benefit. Like, yes. Yeah, and how plants have like shaped the evolution of humans us. and shit. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Things totally did that. God damn. Tell me more. Okay. So um, no other plant has been held in such a high regard or been – or had such an influence on human imagination. So it's featured in every single major religion, a fig tree is, or a fig of some kind. Um, it's influenced kings and queens, scientists and soldiers, and it's drastically changed like trading markets all over the world. Wow. Yeah. So for example, there's one called a strangler fig, which you might be familiar with. It's one that gets dropped on a, like the seeds get dropped on the tops of trees by birds that eat them. And then the fig grows from the top of the tree and like encases these gigantic trees in the forest and strangles those trees and then kills them. But then the fig tree still stands. Oh my God. Is that like the ones we see at the zoo yep. where they have, oh fuck. That's exactly okay. what that is. So it's like, okay, to describe it to people, it's like, have you seen those like twisty, like little like lattice work looking trees that are like twisted? Like they're lattices, but they're twisted around in a spiral going upwards. That's like a parasitic plant that grew around another plant that died. Yep. And that's a fig? That's a fig. You're shitting me. Nope. It's a fig. And it's so significant that countries have even used it on their coats of arms. Oh my god. Yeah, it's That's pretty cool. cool. Um not only that, but the fact that the the relationship that it has with the fig or the fig itself and the wasps mm-hmm. means that the tree can pro- be producing fruit all year round. It doesn't just have a season like apples or peaches. It makes fruit all year round. Because in the place they grow, it doesn't like kill the wasps in the winter or whatever. Yeah. There's no winter. Okay. Yeah, and there's no winter. And they can just keep doing it and the wow. wasps keep reproducing over and over again. That's and cool. because of that, it's considered a keystone species because it feeds so many different species oh, in that ecosystem. Besides humans. Other than humans. Yeah. Well, I don't know why it didn't occur to me that People besides, not people, organisms besides humans enjoy figs. Oh, yeah. I mean, but like, duh. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that there are animals out there that can only eat figs and really nothing else. Like what? I don't know. Like those birds that deposit the parasitic ones? Maybe. Um, I know that there, I, for the life of me, I should have written this down. But in an article somewhere, it mentioned that there was one or, or a couple species that are fig fruit specific. So they can only eat fig fruits fascinating i'll have to look that up hey i have a question yeah um do you know so like figs were really significant in like human stories and stuff mm-hmm. what what were they temple t- uh sorry what were they typically symbolizing um i think when i was reading about the coat of arms one it like the fruit itself was like their capital on their coat of arms, and then the roots of this strangler fig that was on this coat of arms represented all of the like villages and communities that were controlled by that city, mm. and how it was like all connected or something. But that was the only one that I really read the details about. Ah, oh, so their government was like a strangling fig, sure, <laughs> reaching to all communities and strangling them yeah, and with their figginess and all their taxes. <laughs> Okay. Okay, that's accurate though. So, um, oh, this this one's interesting, and I didn't get to read a lot of the scientific articles that support this tidbit because I ran out of time. But wow, the the fact that the fruit develops year round um, is thought to have sustained our early human ancestors, and because there was such a high energy content in these fruits, it actually helped our ancestors develop bigger brains. Yeah. I feel like people try to say that about a lot of things. Probably. But, like, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And that's why they started – I mean, this is one of the first, like, fruit trees human beings ever really tried to start domesticating, like, on purpose. Mm. And I say fruit trees, not, like, a grain or a vegetable. You told us that figs aren't fruits. I know. 
but it's easier for people to understand it because we call them fig roots. Yeah. But they're just inverted flowers. They're inflorescences. Okay. Question. Yes. Which might be where you're going, but I might also be skipping some stuff you also wanted to share. So direct this conversation. However, okay. Lindsay. Yes. How the fuck do you domesticate something that depends on a specific oh. species? You just gash it open. I didn't look into the specifics of that, but farmers developed a way for the figs to not need pollinating for their fruits to develop. I don't know how or why. Actually, I do know why. I just don't know how. So if you just like cut it open, then the wind is like, all right, pollen, go see your sisters. Not necessarily because the pollen, the pollen is kept inside of it. Well, I don't understand I then. think the wound, and this was a long time ago when Egyptians first started to domesticate these figs. Rachel just stuck her tongue out like a lizard. It was weird. I'm just imagining figs and I want to eat them. Okay. I, but I'm also I, a lizard. I that. She is a lizard. Um, I don't know a lot about that because I didn't read into the domesticating of it because there's some crazy shit that still goes on that we haven't touched on yet about the fig wasps themselves. Okay. Okay. And I'm sorry I can't give you more info on human influencing figs or vice versa. You know what, Lindsay? It's okay because here's the thing. If you can't give me the information because you ran out of time, I mean, that's understandable. But also, more importantly, if you couldn't give me the information because it's not out there, it just oh. means we have more to learn. And that's so fucking exciting. Yeah. And it might not be out there. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know either. I don't know. Email but there's us. like a whole book about it. What the I, fuck? I couldn't read the whole fucking book. I ran out of time. Wow. I'm telling you, I was just writing these notes down as you walked into the office. Lindsay, I listened to another it. podcast where one of the guys read four books to prepare for his episode on his week. Why the fuck can't you Was it every week one? that they were putting it out? Like, no. Yeah. Okay, well, shut Kiss up. my ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we go back to the figs and the fig no. wasps? Okay. All right. Yes. So, what happens if a fig wasp gets in there but fails to pollinate the fig? It dies. Well, yeah, it because it gets in there. Remember, it has to crawl in that hole. Yes. Gets his antenna and wings ripped off. Her. Her. I said it, but it's a her. Oh, okay. Um, the figs, they get even. <gasps> well, well, because, wait, they get revenge on that wasp female for not pollinating it. Because. But why wouldn't she pollinate it? They already Because have... maybe she didn't pick up enough pollen on her way out. So not only are they screwing her over in these dioecious bastards, but they take revenge on her if they don't if she doesn't do a good enough job being tricked. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um they will drop the figs that she laid her eggs inside of on the ground so they can't develop and kill all her babies. Yeah. Because if it's not pollinated, it's wasteful for that tree to develop that fruit when it's not gonna get anything out of it. So only the ones that are really good at getting pollen on them survive to mm -hmm. pass on those getting pollen genes. Yep. Fuck. Yep. yep, yep. Okay. So because of this, the wasps not only started to actively – scratch that – passively pick up pollen as they're, like, trying to find those exit holes to crawl out of, you know? Yes. But they started stuffing that pollen into little pollen-like pa baskets on the sides of their body. Oh, shit, Lindsay. And that started like 34 million years ago at least. At, yeah, at least. Because Science, of that We're not really sure. Yeah, yeah, we're not really sure. So these figs wasps, these... Um, oh, fig wait, pockets. Yeah. Wasp pockets. Yeah. To ensure that they have enough pollen to pollinate, pollinate that fig so that it's happy and doesn't kill other babies. <clears throat> All right. So a study through the Cornell Graduate School and the Smithsonian Tropical Research In Institute found that the tree had really strong sanctions or punishments to ensure that the wasps filled those pollen packets as much as they could. And the researchers found that the pollen-free wasps or the ones that didn't get enough pollen on them um, were more common when the trees didn't have really strong punishments. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So the stronger the penalties the less cheating there is from the wasps, ensuring that the figs actually get pollinated and the wasps don't just win out. And that the figs are the only ones allowed to cheat. Yes. Those assholes. Dicks. I told you they're assholes. <laughs> All right. It fucking gets better. How? So we talked about the fig trees themselves 
and the fig wasps that are mutualistic with them. But did you know that there is a parasitic wasp that parasitizes on the fig wasps? What? Yeah. Okay, okay, please tell me yes. what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's real crazy. So you know how there are parasitic wasps that will like sting a caterpillar here in yeah, Kansas? Parasitoids. And, yeah, parasitoid wasps. And they'll lay their eggs either on it or inside of the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. We've seen multiple wasps dragging spiders into their layers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when they're when those parasitoid wasp larvae hatch, they eat their host. Yes. It's the same thing. But the host is the fig wasps, and the parasitoid wasp is parasitic on the fig wasps that are inside the fucking fig. Yeah. Are you following me? I mean, that's. I think that's what I thought was happening. Say it again yeah. in case I missed something important. I'm just, okay. <laughs> the fig wasps that are mutualistic with the fig trees yes. have a parasitoid wasp that lays their eggs inside of the fig, and yeah. they eat the fig wasp babies. Oh, oh. Oh, so wait, hang on. So the parasitoid wasp gets in there first and lays eggs down. After. Never mind. Okay, you explain more what's happening. I will. Okay, it's, thanks. It's phenomenal. <laughs> this is It's really this cool. Is crazy. I have a cute little video <gasps> to show you too. Okay. Put it on the website? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll put, I'll put Naughty, all the shit on there. NaughtyNaturePodcast.com. Leave us a review. Leave us a review, please. <laughs> leave, us, leave us a review. We love you. Okay. So this wasp doesn't want to like crawl in the tunnel because she's like I'm not gonna fucking get my wings and my antenna the parasitoid or the fig wasp the parasitoid so okay. right now we're talking about the parasitoid wasp and it's like I'm not gonna fucking crawl in there because I want to keep my antenna and my wings because I'm not done mm. okay so and she doesn't want to like die inside of there so she uses this drill like needle in her butt in her butt. An ovipositor. Kind of. Not a true ovipositor. I'll explain that. And it drills down into that seconium, that undeveloped fig fruit, and then it sticks its ovipositor in there and lays its eggs. It gets, it's really, this is a really cool deal. So this drill-like structure, and I'm going to refer to it as a drill because it's not a true ovipositor, all right? It actually, it acts as a sheath for the ovipositor, yeah, and it's one-fifth the size of a human hair and three times as long as the female parasitoid wasp's body. Damn. It's fucking huge. It's like the Argentine lake dut of female wasps. It's huge. It's, um, and it can be up to one centimeter long. And it's, oh, like, it's like three times bigger than the actual female is. Because the female wasp, can it also crawl through the head of a needle? The eye of a needle? Sorry, yeah, words. Yeah. yeah, they're okay. really small too. Um, so these these guys are really, really tiny. Like ants are predators for these wasps. Oh my god! That's how small they are. Okay, to be fair, ants also eat grasshoppers and shit. That's true. But like I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. They're real small. So there was a research team that was led by Dr. Gundia. I really hope I'm pronouncing that person's name right. Um, who is also from the Indian Institute of Science. Took images with an electron microscope of this drill-like appendage and revealed that the end of it is like, it's literally like a drill bit, complete with really sharp-edged tooth structures to help anchor the female into that fruit. It's covered in zinc to make it really fucking hard. What the hell? Yeah, it's got zinc on it. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh my God. And zinc is a metal and it hardens the tips of this drill to make it very drill-like. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Do you have a picture of this? I do, yeah. Okay, sorry, continue, but like, no, you're fine. sorry, I'll, I'll pull I just it up. bashed my microphone. Um, wait, while, um, there, mm. that's what, it, that's what the drill looks like. Do, 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 do. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. It's, okay, the labels say stuff about valves too, which yeah. is like, this is a complex machine. That's because this thing is also hollow because it acts as a sheath. Oh, for the yeah. actual ovipositor. And I'll show you this video and it shows it in really, it shows a really good okay. example of her using it. It's somewhat serrated though. So it's like, it looks like it would cut through it like a bread knife sort yes. of thing. Yeah. yeah, and it helps keep her anchored to the fruit because it's so big. She has to like completely invert her abdomen like all the way over her head just uh. to get it down in there. It's really cool. Wow. So um, not only is zinc detected on that, but zinc has also been found in the jaws of like other hemipteras, like other wasps and bees and ants to oh, make fun. their jaws really fucking strong. And it's been found in marine worms. 
Okay. Yeah, which is just a side tidbit that I found really interesting. Where? What? Where in the marine worms? In their jaws. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I didn't realize that so many animals would use a metal like that yeah. to be like not reinvigorate re enforce enforce to make you, it Jesus. to make it stronger yeah yeah so this drill helps pierce the outside of this unripe fig because it's really really tough and then it acts as a sheath too while it anchors her to that tough outer skin as she pushes that needle like ovipositor in there where she tests the air to see if the fig wasp has already laid her eggs in there Oh. And to see if another parasitoid wasp laid her eggs in there to eat the other fig wasp babies. Oh my god! Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Wait, that also means the sheath is not only functioning as a a home for the ovipositor, but it's also like a little straw to sample air quality and yep. stuff. Like it, what? It's really really sensitive. Um, it uh it tests CO two and other chemicals, and she does this because it has the same sensors on this like needle like ovipositor as antenna do. So it oh. acts as an olfactory system. So she's literally smelling shit with her butt needle. That's amazing. I know it's her butt drill. Her butt drill. Yeah, drill needle. But it's it's very needle like because yeah. she has to shove it down into this really tiny hole and then lay her eggs. In drill. It. Yeah, it's like a hypodermic drill. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool Lindsay isn't that so neat okay um, scientists wanted to confirm that it was an olfactory thing that this parasitoid wasp is using so they tested yeah. it in two different ways one they took females and they killed them and humanely of course and they took off their long ass ovipositor like this is fucking big it's huge and they blew or they hooked it up to electrical impulse detectors and they blew CO2 on it and it was like ping like a message was being sent to the female's brain saying like there are babies in here oh shit your kids could eat them that's so cool yeah wait how the hell would they determine which babies are in there though because she's also looking to see whether the parasitoid wasps before her have also laid their eggs in there there's a different chemical that she also tests for because there's a the sleeping or the developing fig wasps release CO2 <laughs> and the parasitoid wasps like unleash this whole concoction of like volatile chemicals so she can test the air for that and see if there are other parasitoid wasp babies in there. Gotcha. That's a good strategy because then they're not wasting their resources competing with themselves. Exactly. Okay. So they also tested, tested it another way where they had a live wasp and they just blew air toward the ovipositor and she would just like respond and point the ovipositor into the oncoming stream of air. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's just like how sensitive it was mm-hmm. to the chemical testing or the yeah. butt sniffer. Well, in like an exhalation. Wait, it's not an exhalation. It's a blow of air. It's not like that's how are- they were testing it. But she, when she does it in the fig itself, she inserts it down into the fig yeah. fruit, and then she just tests the air that's inside of it. Yeah. To see if there's CO two or other chemicals in there to tell her that a different wasp has already been there. Right, right, okay. right. Gotcha. So once she determines that there are other fig wasp babies inside, the parasitic wasp then removes the sheath-like drill, leaving the ovipositor in there, um, tests the air to make sure that it's cool for her babies to be laid there. Um, then she gets them as close as she can to the other fig wasp babies because as soon as they hatch, her kids are going to be like, nom, 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 on those fig <laughs> wasp babies. <laughs> Pac-Man on Blue Ghost. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> All the while being like stuck to this fruit, which isn't good because fucking predators around. Oh. Uh, well, who's eating a tiny wasp? An ant. Oh. Mm-hmm. So then the eggs hatch, eat the fig wasp babies, and then fly off and find a mate. That's all I know about that cycle. Well... I guess we could also know that the figs don't give a shit because regardless, they've been pollinated already. Yeah, they don't give a shit. This is all about the parasitoid being successful or not. Wow. Dude, okay, think about it. This is a really stable strategy because if these figs have successfully maintained this really specific relationship for like tens of millions of years, Mm -hmm. that's a great relationship to tap into and take advantage of as a parasitoid species. Because it doesn't fucking change. Yeah. And neither do you. God damn, that's cool. That's so cool. Isn't that's that so neat? Cool. But yeah, um, let me show you that quick little video. You can like see the sheath and the ovipositor and everything in it. It's it's a great video. This one's posted by BBC, and I will put it in the show notes. I'll put it on full screen so you can see it. Oh, thanks. 
Oh, it's hairy. Not the, not the, the ADA. Fruit. The, the fruit of the fig itself yeah. is okay. hairy. Okay, let's go. So this is the female, and you could barely see her ovipositor right here, but it'll come into better focus. I'm assuming when it starts moving, I'll yeah. see it. Oh, yeah. It's like a hair. Oh, my God. So that's the sheath yeah. in the drill, and that is her ovipositor that's inside of it. Oh, it like gets stuck in through, like it's threaded through a, a hole in it. You can see her like drilling it down in there, and then she yeah. takes it out, and the ovipositor is still in there. Oh, I see. Oh, that's weird. I know. How does that, how does she take it out? She just pulls it out. But like, is it, is it, oh, that's so weird. Oh, she's like still getting in there with mm -hmm. it. Ooh, this is kind of like, this is cool. Wow. Okay, so basically the ovipositor and the sheath look like a hair. Yeah. And she's like arced her belly way the fuck up there so she could thread that little thing through. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, it's like, um, I don't know how the actual anatomy of this works, but so like this, the, the drill is like where you'd expect the stinger to be. Yeah. But the ovipositor is like right by her abdomen. Yeah. It's like where you would think of as like a belly button. Yeah, and so it's weird because it's like she stuck the ovipositor into like a hole or something in the side of the sh of the, the drill. drill. Yeah, but then she can remove the drill without removing the ovipositor. So maybe there's like a, a like a, a slit through maybe. it or something. I don't know. I don't know how else you could remove that entire sheet. Yeah, unless she just pulls it all out and then shoves it back in there really yeah. fast. But it happens too quickly to see in the video. See, I was expecting this to be like um, they were the same structure mm -mm. and and like they telescoped in and out or something. Oh, the ant just fucking ate her. Oh my God, she's dead. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you God. see how fucking tiny look she how, is? Look at her ovipositor is still in there. Oh yep. shit. Oh, that ant. And that's because her ovipositor her. keeps her anchored in there. So when, it, like, that ant just came by and ripped off because her ovipositor was still stuck in the fruit. So, Whoa. yeah. Wow. Just ripped it right off. Yeah, also the ant was fucking gigantic. It was huge. It was, yeah. like, 100 times the size of this wasp. Maybe that was a little much. That might be a little too much. But, yeah, it's, like. It was, it's a lot. It's, it's significant. It's, oh, not, yeah. it's, like, more than double the size. Like, it's at least triple the size it's of this huge. wasp. Like, it's fucking huge. Yeah. Damn. Like, I was not over-exaggerating how small these guys are. Oh, that's wild. I know. But yeah. Dude, that makes me wonder. You know, there's a lot of wasp species in Kansas that mm -hmm. have those long dangly-doos. Like, are those crazy, like, little saw bones? Not saw bones. What the fuck? Maybe. Um, saw, like, drills. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I really don't know. I don't know. So I did weird. have a conversation with somebody, and for the freaking life of me, I cannot remember who. It might have been Nicole. And we were talking about how it's hypothesized that there might be more species of wasps out there than there are beetles. Oh, Evan. Yeah, so Evan, our, our beetle king, if, if you're listening, I'm not sorry. No, why would we be? I'm not sorry at all. We're going to dethrone beetles. <laughs> <laughs> Go wasps. Wasps are really freaking cool, man. Yeah, apparently so. So, violence, intrigue, betrayal, not safe for kids. I mean, yeah. If we could, I mean, if we could find a different way to word it and it wasn't so damn hard to explain, maybe. Yeah. And if we could find a way not to word, use the word penis. Yeah. But that's impossible, so like. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Also, like, Wow. Yeah. That was intense. Yeah. That was so intense. I know. And I still have all these articles open that I want to read about it because it just, like, it goes on. Are you going to, you're going to link those in our oh, website, yeah. right? All okay, of them good. on here. Yep. There's a whole, like, 40-page chapter in a book about, it's called How to Be a Fig Wasp. Oh, is it an instructional how-to? No, it's like a legit <laughs> thing. Oh, okay. Well. Um, cool. It like goes through pollination ecology, host specificity, specificity. Wow, that's actually, a hard word. I was gonna be like, wow, that's so easy, and then I just stumbled the fuck over specificity. it. Specificity. That's yeah. it. Thank you. Host utilization. There's a sex ratio. There is a favoring for more female wasps than males because their females are the ones that have to like fly out into the world. That makes and sense. And the males just like screw their sisters and drill a hole and then, then they're dead. Is that for both Monetius fig wasps and dioecious fig wasps? I mean, like, fig wasps that use Monetius and dioecious trees? I'm not sure. Because it would make sense for the dioecious ones because the females are going to be expendable by nature because they're going to pick the wrong-ass fruit. Yes. There's a whole other article that I have saved that's about sexual ratios in different species of wasps that I just 
did not get to. But maybe Dude, one, save that for a different episode. Yeah. If there's, I mean, if there's more stuff that comes out or like, hell, I don't know. Um, and this you, is really recent shit too. Like the mutualistic relationship was only just described back in like the twenties. Okay, but like described by science, but we've been trying to domesticate figs since the times of ancient Egypt, which mm-hmm. I know are a huge time period, and yeah. it's really not nailing anything down. But, yeah, but like, did they know about this mutualistic wasp relationship? I don't think so. I think they just like couldn't figure out why the trees weren't producing fruit, and they tried a bunch of stuff and figured out a way that worked for them. Huh. Fascinating. Or maybe they did know that something had to do with the wasp. They just didn't know what it was. I mean, people before there was like entertainment technology that stole our attention were very observant. Oh, yeah. And I, I would imagine that people who could build like the crazy civilizations that they did would also notice a tiny wasp going in there and like know something was going on. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had to have. So- they knew something was going on. Yeah. Um, but it was never really like confirmed until the early 90s yeah at least by like modern science Mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy yeah so this is relatively new research yeah huh in the grand scheme of things right 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 so yeah wild Mm -hmm. i did write down a note that i was like i wonder if like okay with the manisha species Mm -hmm. where there's that really defined like perfect timing between the fig fruits and the wasps i was like i wonder if this is the sort of thing that could be disrupted by climate change and like the phenology but then you said it happens all the time like throughout every season but there isn't a season they're just producing fruit constantly exactly and they're the fruit on their tree is in different stages of development so maybe the female wasps are selecting fruit in a certain time of development and that would actually prohibit them from being affected by climate change yeah and when the when the female flowers are mature they let out a scent to let the female wasps know that they're ready Mm. to receive them okay that makes sense and that was like i wrote that note before we talked about the amber one too Mm. that shows that they've been around successfully through different climactic changes and events yeah so like that makes sense too why they were able to survive this phenological change that we're so worried about some other modern species being able to survive with modern climate change figs will survive whatever the fuck we throw at them yeah because they're fucking tough and they're assholes and they communicate with each other yes and don't rely on the timing of seasons yes that's cool exactly oh Isn't it awesome? I love it. This okay. is a great episode, Lindsay. Thank you. I put a lot of effort into this. Yeah, I can I just tell. like kept falling into all these freaking rabbit holes. I was like, this is so damn cool. Prairie dog tunnels. Drill tips and metal and <laughs> <laughs> betrayal and tricking and uh, 34 million year like old wasps. Freaking drama TV show. Yes. But yeah, that's all I got for you. Oh, that so. was so good. Okay. Thank you for enlightening us on like just how complex this is like crazy before this my takeaway was that there are dead wasps inside figs and now i just know so much more yeah it's freaking crazy and i'll post all the fun diagrams that i have and videos and links to the papers that i read and yeah on our website website. yes Well, I hope you guys are staying safe out there. Uh, we're going to thank our producers, the Great Plains Nature Center, for letting us, their employees, even during a pandemic, uh, still work and talk about sex slash drugs slash murder and betrayal on a podcast. Um, our show notes are going to be on naughtynaturepodcast.com. If you want to get in touch with us, there's a lot of ways to find us, but you can email us at naughtynature at gpnc.org or just go to the GPNC website and like stalk us there because we have all our information listed and the next time you eat a fig or you think about a fig or you look at a package of fig newtons or anything about figs just remember there might be a dead one in there or there might not either way there are some dead wasps out there Lindsay Ryan, 2020, there are some dead wasps out there. (laughs) I'll leave my slogan. (laughs) I'd vote for me. (laughs) How was that a campaign slogan? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good slogan. It is not a good slogan. I mean, metaphorically, there are some wasps out there. That are dead? No, that are human. Wait, what the fuck? You get it? Like a wasp. Like a. No, I don't get it. You never heard someone being described as a wasp or being waspy? No. It means that they're just like horrible. 
You're thinking of shrews. No! Yes. No, I'm not. Yeah, I will you look are. up the term waspy. Oh my god. Okay. But when but but when you say that there's dead figs wasps oh, fig wasps out there. I was totally wrong. This says I told you. No, no, no. It says waspy means a characteristic of or relating to upper or middle class American white Protestants. Ah! What the fuck? That's a really specific term. It is. For a really specific group of people that I can exactly picture in my mind. Yeah. This is, I never thought about, ooh, Urban Dictionary. That's probably the one I'm looking at. Oh, no. Having the demeanor of a stereotypical American. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all wasps. We're all wasps, except for our international friends. Shout out to Rachel in England. Hey, I love you. Why? <laughs> oh, it's because it refers to white Anglo-Saxon Protestant wasp. Why did that? Why did that? That's an acronym. (gasps) Wait, say it again. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. W A S P. That's the stupidest thing I've heard. That's so dumb. Ever. (laughs) That's such a stupid way to describe. Holy shit! Like I was the oh yeah. Waspy means powerful, rich, white, and preppy. Is the Urban Dictionary term. That's raw wasp. Stuck up white girl. A word to describe someone who is moody, aggressive, temperamental, unpredictable, short-tempered, Sweet-tempered. Compricocious. What? Capricocious. No, that's how you say that. Capricious. What does that mean? Like a Capri Sun. Unpredictable, willful, and whimsical. (laughs) Like a Capri (laughs) Sun. This is the the longest tangent outro that we've ever done. This is amazing. (laughs) Um, Might be the Kasasha's talking. No. Kashashka? Kashasa. I think I struggled last time we did. You did, but only after you drank the Kashasa. You could say it before you drank the Kashasa. Kashasha. Kashasa. Kashasa. That's it. Okay. Okay, bye. outro ever how long was that an hour and 10 minutes oh damn yeah man you had a lot of waspy stuff it's five pages